The Ouija board has existed for centuries. It is used to communicate with the dead. If there's a presence here, please make yourself known. This is a joke. even real, okay? It's just a bit. Ouija. We're saying goodbye. This is Rico, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. And that's as rough as my voice can get today. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to this special Halloween edition of Treks in Sci-Fi that uh, we do each year for all of you out there listening. Today is the 26th of October, a few days before Halloween. Uh, 2014, and this will be podcast 510. So, how is everyone? Everyone excited and ready to go trick-or-treating or give out candy or both? Uh, I'm pretty excited. I, I love Halloween, love dressing up, obviously. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Friday, uh, we have a Halloween on a Friday, which should be even better, right? Uh, let me dial down some of these crazy screaming people here. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the Ebola. Don't worry about it. So anyway, uh, the main topic for today on the podcast, yes, on the podcast, we're going to look at a classic, uh, cult classic horror film uh, from way back in the day, Vincent Price, 1959, House on Haunted Hill. Really a, a perfect, pretty ideal Halloween type of movie to review and look at and watch. It's available uh, online on Netflix and uh, Prime on, on Amazon viewing. So it's a, it's a movie you can easily see probably. And uh, I think it's a great movie. I've seen it a few times, watched it again last night and recorded some clips and play those during today's podcast. So we'll talk about some other things to begin with too, some news and and uh, just what's been going on the last few weeks. But uh, hey, let's do this. Welcome again to this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm going to uh, have a good time today, I think. A lot of fun with uh, doing this special Halloween show, talking to all of you, what's been going on the last few weeks. It's been uh, a bit since I've done a, a more or less regular podcast, although this isn't quite a regular show, the being the Halloween uh, edition. 
this uh, though was the first show after really a, more of a regular show after going to Austin Comic Con and doing the vidcast from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thanks uh, very much for our guests last week uh, in in talking uh, to or to, <laughs> I cannot talk this morning on this Sunday morning early Sunday morning here in Michigan. Uh, it uh, yeah we had um, a great group of guests last week. They were talking uh, about uh, that Outlander TV show. We had uh, Rick and Amy Moyer and joined by Michelle, who is Jen's sister. Jen from the Anomaly Podcast's sister. And they talked about Outlander, and uh, I, I really got to catch that show. I haven't had a chance to. It, uh, it's just slipped through the cracks. I've got so many things I'm watching this fall. Um, I'll try to get to it soon. But, uh, yeah, great job, you guys. Thanks so much for that. Uh, also, uh, a little uh, note here, we need a guest host for next week, so if anyone's listening and wants to just jump in and do something spur of the moment quick, uh, I'm looking for a guest host for next weekend. So, uh, but, um, but anyway, yeah, so I did that vidcast for Austin Comic Con, and in looking back at what I did and, and looking at the videos, by the way, if you want to see any of that, just go over to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, dot com forward slash trekkie and you'll see all kinds of videos that i'm putting up on vimeo uh it's it's a much better way to put up video uh versus youtube for a lot of reasons one if you buy a a fairly inexpensive account there you can put up pretty big large very large mega size files of hd content like i think the vidcast for the last uh austin show that i put up that was about 40 some minutes long it was about a three gig plus file that I had to upload to that, and uh, uh, but they're putting up these separate little music videos too from the con. Uh, it, but it, there was just so much that I didn't talk about uh, that I forgot, and and one thing that I wanted to talk about uh, before I forget about it again, there were two little stories I wanted to mention about two little kids there uh, that I was going to talk about, and I put some pictures up. Uh, the first one that I'll talk about, there was a little boy. It was the first day, uh, and Jen and I were dressed in our Trek outfits. And there was this little boy dressed in a blue Starfleet, you know, Star Trek kind of uniform, uh, Spock kind of look. And a very little boy, he came by, he was very shy. And he saw us, and he was like, I think he wanted to come over and see us, but he was a little scared, a little scared, but... So I pulled out my, I brought down a, a communicator and I uh, I opened that up and that seemed to get his attention and I went over and let him play with it a little bit. We didn't really get a lot of pictures or video of that situation, uh, but uh, it, it's uh, it's always great, you know. Uh, most of us down there have kids, uh, and 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 I think all of us, you know, when we see the little kids, you know, whether they're they're enamored by your lightsaber or your your costume or whatever it is. I, I always find that uh, fun and exciting, and, and I, I love it because it's also a way to get kids to like and enjoy and have fun with being, you know, this kind of thing, geeky things, costuming, and enjoy sci-fi and fantasy, and I want them to have a good time. So uh, so I always enjoy that and, uh, and, and sharing things with them. The other one was there was a woman dressed as... You know, the Thor in the comics is now going to be a woman. Well, it's not like they're turning Thor into a woman. It's it's another person, another character taking up sort of the mantle of being Thor. 
but uh, and so she was dressed up in a Thor type uh, costume, and she had a little girl who was dressed as Black Widow from the Avengers, uh, crossing uh, you know different comic book streams there. But anyway, uh, this little girl was very very. She was a little shy, but she was mostly just not paying attention. And, and Noah and I were walking around the con, getting a lot of pictures with people. Uh, you know, we take pictures of them, and then I jump into the picture. And uh, but uh, the funniest part about this one was this little, this little cute little girl was was there with her mom. And uh, you know, I got a picture with the the mom dressed as Thor. And then the minute the minute Noah took that picture, the little girl's like crying, like, "I want to be in the picture too." You know, it's just, it was funny. You know, she like seemed like she didn't care, wasn't paying much attention. But then the uh, again the minute uh, the minute that we uh, we took that picture, she wanted to be in one. So of course we had to take some pictures with her, uh, which was fun. And I, you know, I can't say again how much uh, of a good time and, and how much fun that I had down there in Austin with everybody. It's always such a whirlwind. It goes by so fast. Uh, it's really. Uh, I always wish we could all hang out like the next day and just sort of, you know, chill out, have a big breakfast, and, and and just relax instead of the whole go 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 of the convention. Uh, I have thought since next year's con, if I if I go next year, which I, I hope to, but uh, next year's con is only actually over two days. It's only a Thursday, Friday, I think. Or sorry, what did I say? Uh, I think it's Friday, Saturday, sorry. Um, but uh, I've been toying with the idea of, of maybe I could come down like a day early and just hang out with you guys and, uh, and then go to the convention, something like that. Um, it's possible. Hey, you know, these days anything's possible, right? So... But again, just a great time. Uh, I invite and hope we get other people who listen to the either uh, this show, Treks and Sci-Fi, or the Anomaly Podcast, or, or whoever you know, spread the word, and uh, we'd love to see more of you guys come down uh, for that. Uh, it's it's a good uh, it's a good time. The convention is is I think it's one of the more fun ones that I've been to for not just the fact that the you know seeing all the fr- friends down there and costuming and all that, but it's it's one that's got um it still kind of has a little bit of the low you know side of numbers of people that go to it although this year was was much busier especially on saturday i think than the year before that i went Uh, but uh suffice it to say it's not this mega huge convention like you'd have in new york or of course san diego comic-con so it's a good i think convention for people to go to that maybe either haven't been to conventions much and aren't looking to go to some, you know, massive event. Uh, they do have some, you know, some good guests and, and things, and uh, it, it's it's a good one to start with. So, uh, or even if you've been to a lot of conventions, I think it's just a nice, a nice one, and everybody's super super great, and and it's always a good time. So, uh, it uh, was was a lot of fun, and I'm still sifting through some pictures and video. Want to do a few more things, put them up online. I know Jen's still working on the. Uh, anomaly uh their vidcast for the show she's had a lot of things going on and uh it's a lot to put together those things i i I think i spent you know a good oh a day and a half at least doing what i did and uh, and even then i felt like i could have spent a huge amount more time on it Uh, but uh you know it's uh it's tricky to put everything into it that you want to put into it and i like to talk a lot about the con too so uh all right, uh, so that's that's what's been going on. I finally almost have finished painting my house, and uh, 
getting uh, you know prepped for Halloween here, getting candy, getting decorated, and, and all that. I haven't really decided what I'm going to wear. I always like to wear Jedi stuff because in the evening time with Halloween, you know, at night, uh, it's always fun to have a lightsaber out because it always looks cool outside in the in the dark. Uh, so it's probably going to be that. Uh, I, I I'd love to wear my Mal costume again, but I think it'd be more fun to just throw on the Jedi stuff and the robe and especially since we're looking at it in Michigan, at least, to have a pretty cool temperature, pretty cool uh, Halloween. And putting on that big brown Jedi robe uh, is a very nice uh, way to stay warm on a Michigan uh, cool late October evening. So I think I'm going to take a short break here. I'll come back with some news and discussion, and then we'll get into the house on Haunted Hill. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, I'm back. Uh, it, uh, a couple things I guess we can talk about uh First, related to the convention talk that I was just doing, um, there's a uh, cool bunch of videos online that I just ran across, just found out about. I guess they've been up for a while. The Nerdist posted something, but uh, or they've been doing these things for a while. They're by, uh, if you go to YouTube and search for the group uh, Sneaky Zebra, or, or Sneaky Zebra, I think is how they say it, because I think they're a UK-based team, but they've done a lot of great uh, music videos for uh, conventions, uh, for Comic-Con in San Diego. And there was this London show that uh, happened not too long back, just a few weeks back, actually, I think, uh, early October or end of September, somewhere around there. But uh, they put together these great little short music videos, three, four minutes long, set to music, uh, some kind of a song. And they uh, basically go around and film cosplayers. Uh, and uh, just it's a great editing job, great work with the music, and they also throw in a few little extra special effects, like they have somebody who's dressed as Quicksilver from the X-Men uh, in this in this London one that they put up who's zipping around, you know, with a little special effect assistance at this convention, uh, some lightsaber effects, a few other things, uh, even uh, Wonder Woman's golden lasso, and, and lasso, however I'm saying that wrong, <laughs> lasso, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, please go go check those guys out. Uh, really, really, they have a lot of views on some of their videos too. I think there was one that was more than a million. So uh, they do a good job, as you can see. I think it was more than a million. But check them out. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, and uh, that's I, it's giving me all kinds of ideas for next year uh, or, or other conventions. Maybe do maybe do this for a convention that I'm not actually cosplaying in because it's. It's very hard. It's really extremely hard to both take a lot of good pictures and video while you're in costume and doing things like that, too. It's really difficult to do both. Uh, so um, I, I think maybe uh, maybe my May convention that's in Michigan here, although, you know, compared to Austin, Austin this year had a ton of people in good costumes. It uh, This Michigan one, I, they actually, there are quite a few costume people. Last year was pretty busy and pretty, pretty crazy, so... Uh, but maybe I'll try to do something like that. Maybe I'll just go in normal clothes, you know, civilian outfit and, and take some video. 
Uh, let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Some news. Let's talk about some Trek things. Of course, they're supposed to be filming the next Trek movie starting in early, you know, springish uh, next year for a 2016 release. Uh, Roberto Orsi is still working on the. He's you know he still has done the story, I guess, script slash whatever, and is going to be directing. It seems so. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, other Trek news. There's a few things. If you go over to trekmovie.com, my main source for getting information on on Trek subjects, a few things. Uh, For the gamers out there, there's a new Voyager expansion kind of pack for for, uh, bringing in some of the characters and voices of the Voyager actors, like uh, Jerry Ryan is back as Seven seven of Nine. Uh, We have Garrett Wong uh, as Harry Kim is back. The Doctor, Robert Picardo, is back. And... Was there Tom Paris, maybe? I'm not sure. I think there might have been one more. Oh, Annette Neelix is back. Ethan Phillips. So if you're a gamer, and I've played that Star Trek game a little bit. Not a lot. Uh, and maybe I'll try to get back into it. But uh, So that's going on. There's also a, a cool trailer for a fan film set in the Enterprise era, sort of uh, at the brink of the Romulan War that they never really got to in Enterprise. Uh, this is called Star Trek Horizon. This was posted uh, maybe about a week and a half ago over at trekmovie.com. There's a nice two, almost three-minute trailer for it. It looks really good. You know, it looks like they're using some green screen green screen work, but uh, they do a good job with it. So it looks like they're uh, another fan film series. We also have new things coming from Star Trek New Voyages, Star Trek Continues, and so forth. So lots of, uh, for all of us who are like, oh, I wish, you know, there'd be Trek back on TV. Well, this is all you get for right now because you guys, well, I I should be careful here (laughs) because so many people didn't watch Enterprise. And I I still said, you know, when Enterprise went off the air, it'd be a good 10 years uh, or more before we'd get. And one of the reasons I did this podcast uh, was to keep, you know, Star Trek uh, alive to a degree, you know, in the interim. And once Enterprise went off the air in 2005, when I started the podcast, and we still have no new TV series, and uh, so it's. I still think after the next film is 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 what we're going to be looking at for a or a, sorry a TV series. I don't think it'll happen before then. It's possible, uh, but uh, I I'd love to see it like fall 2016. I'd love to see the movie come out in the you know spring summer of 2016 and see a new series in the fall of of 2016. You know I think that'd be fantastic, and with all the you know avenues for doing it you know there's been all these little rumors about netflix and uh i still think it'd end up on network tv i still think it's going to end up on cbs that's what i think will happen but you never know you never know so uh we'll see what happens in the long run uh uh it uh i'll see and uh and uh, you know i'm not sure even what this next movie is going to do to the movie run and movie uh franchise i think everybody's looking at it as kind of like maybe this this group this this set of characters, this might be it. But, uh, you know, if it's very good, if it's a very good movie and very popular, I I could certainly see, I don't think they're going to, like, close it off or anything like that or make it like they couldn't come back and do another one. I think a lot of the stuff that I've heard is their contracts are only, uh, you know, maybe go through this third film. So, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, What else? Oh, CBS launched this subscription service. CBS, uh, you can watch like every episode of all the Star Trek series through a CBS uh, subscription that they've launched. I think it's like six bucks a month or something like that. 
Which, which you know, like I think you can watch them all on Netflix, right? For eight bucks a month, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you if you're only after Star Trek, I guess the CBS thing though, I think you can see current CBS shows, some of their back catalog a little bit. So it's they're starting and HBO is going to separate their HBO Go service, which is going to allow people to purchase and watch HBO without having uh, having it watching it through their cable system. You know, you'll be able to just sign up for like in an app that you have on your iPad or whatever tablet device or your computer, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about this a la carte uh, way of, of getting content. I think if you only watch a very select group of things, it, it probably is a good way to go and a good way to save some money. But if, uh, you know, if you're watching a fair amount of stuff on different networks, I think in the long run that way is going to probably cost you maybe some more money. And I also say the thing that I've uh, always been keen on, for me at least personally, is I don't like spoilers so I like to keep up on current shows. I like to watch them as they're airing if I can. Especially things like The Walking Dead and Arrow and this new show, The Flash, which is great. I, I don't want to find out that a character has died or, or some big thing that has happened and then know it months and months before I actually see the episode. Uh, I think it loses its impact quite a bit. And uh, that's why I like to keep up on current stuff. But everybody has their different way of doing things. There's a lot of these binge people, viewers now, where they'll watch a whole couple of seasons of a, of a show in a, in a weekend or two. I, I just can't do that. That's just so uh, foreign to me. <laughs> and, you know, if people, that's good for them. I mean, they, it, you know, I, I just, it, it's lucky. I'm lucky to, I've got so many shows. I got about, a you know, six, seven, eight shows to watch on my TiVo right now, at least from the last week or week and a half. Probably more than that, probably like eight or ten. Uh, so it's hard for me to keep up week to week, but on the weekends, you know, even then I'll only be able to watch maybe a couple of shows like, uh, you know, my TiVo will be recording two or three new things in an evening, especially on the busy nights. And I'll watch a couple of them. So I never really get caught up kind of, you know, in a way. So, uh, uh, let's see what other stories. Oh, uh, continuing to enjoy and watching the red shirt diaries, this little, uh, short, uh, web series that's on YouTube, uh, sort of looking comedically at uh, some of the early TOS episodes from this Red Shirt's point of view. Uh, it, it's pretty funny stuff, and I, I've been enjoying it uh, quite a bit. Uh, we have the Next Generation final season, uh, including a separate All Good Things Blu-ray coming in December, which isn't really too far away. Good uh, Christmas present for Trekkies out there. Uh, so... Um, and, uh, oh, over on Cracked, there is a uh, show, uh, another web series uh, called the, the Starship Icarus, which is sort of a humorous uh, sort of Star Trek-related uh, web series that you can catch as well. So uh, lots, of, uh, lots of cool stuff going on, lots of things uh, happening, really, in the Trekverse. Of course, Star Wars has got the new Rebels TV show, and I've really been enjoying it. It's got a very original trilogy feel to it i mean the music the the ships that you see the locations they go to you know it's this is supposed to be set between episode three and four so the empire is is just been uh started most of the jedi most of the jedi have been wiped out uh and uh you've got this small little group of people with their own little ship kind of like a millennium falcon uh, who go around and, and do different jobs and, and get involved and come into contact with the Empire and 
are kind of basically the, the early days, early start of the rebellion and the rebels. It's called Star Wars Rebels, so hey, what do you want? But uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. They're actually doing an encore showing tonight uh, of the uh, first episode, or it's like, I think actually two episodes mushed together. Uh, it's supposed to be a little bit of uh, Darth Vader in this one they're going to show tonight which wasn't one on the Disney XD channel. He wasn't there, but I guess James Earl Jones actually recorded some new uh, Darth Vader lines for this specifically, so that'd be cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know if I'll watch the whole thing. I might just zip to the part with Darth Vader. Uh, Maybe it'll be at the end of the episode or the beginning. Probably the end, I would think, but um, yeah, that show's good. And of course, the Star Wars uh, Episode Seven filming, I guess, is is wrapping up. Uh, I I heard Harrison Ford had finished, and I'm not sure if they're. I don't think they're completely finished yet. And little bits, things keep leaking out of uh, you know what they've been working on there. Uh, some artwork which I haven't looked at yet, but I've heard from uh, from Chris and a couple of other people that uh, there's not a lot that's revealed in that. Uh, you know, things you'd expect to see anyway in the movie. So. Uh, yeah, and that's coming in December uh, next year. You know, almost about a just a little more than a year away, we'll have a new Star Wars movie. Boy, that's uh, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and ah, the big thing that happened this past week was um, the Avengers: Age of Ultron, the next Avengers film trailer got leaked. I think it was like Tuesday, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe, maybe, and uh, then the very next day, they officially released, Marvel officially released the uh, the actual trailer. And I think it looks great. I think it looks fantastic. I, you know, it's a, it's kind of a teaser. It's a couple minutes long. You see a little uh, of the Ultron character. You hear him talk. Uh, you don't hear a lot from the other characters. You see some different flashes of some action scenes. Uh, but uh, again, I don't want to. I, I don't want a trailer that's going to show me the whole story and plot of the movie. I want to just get excited for it. Uh, you also see the uh, what they've been talking about a bit uh, online and and about this um, Iron Man's Hulkbuster armor. You know, he has this massive suit of armor when he has to go toe to toe and fight the Hulk. And there's a bit of that in the trailer as well, which I, I'm okay with that part. I'm not really, you know, it's like. You know how much is that? You know a big thing in the movie or not? I don't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it looks great. I'm very excited. I love the Avengers movie. I love. You know, I've been. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I. You know, since I've read the comics, I had really. I don't want to sound like a know-it-all, you know, or whatever. But uh, I really thought that movie was going to do well. Not just because Marvel, you know, can't make a mistake. It seems, but I just thought it had a right, the right feel to to appeal to people. You know, it was fun. Uh, action adventure kind of had a Star Wars esque feel to it, and I think people would respond to it. And so I was very pleased, you know, it did so well. But uh, you know, the you know, I've just loved what Marvel's been doing. Of course, DC, uh, you know, they've announced all these movies, seven, eight, whatever, ten movies over the next five years that they're going to do. And uh, hey, we'll see. I, I'd love it if they do well. I, I read a lot of DC comic books. I read a lot of Marvel comics, and uh, I, I love them both to be doing great job, you know, great movies and fun things to see. So, uh, so we'll see. All right, I, I've blathered on long enough. We're already half an hour into this special Halloween show, and I'm just talking news. And but let's get spooky and let's get scary and let's talk about the house on the haunted. It's actually called House on Haunted Hill, not the House on Haunted Hill. It's called just House on Haunted Hill from 1959. Let me play uh, with the first clip that I have to the movie, which is sort of the very beginning of the film. 
And this movie stars Vincent Price and a bunch of other people, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes here. Uh, but uh, let me play the first clip that I've got, and we'll get into House on Haunted Hill from 1959. Seven people, including my brother, have been murdered in it. Since then, I've owned the house. I've only spent one night there, and when they found me in the morning, I, I was almost dead. I'm Frederick Lauren. And I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party. A haunted house party. <laughs> She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. If any of you will spend the next 12 hours in this house, I'll give you each $10,000. Or your next of kin in case you don't survive. Ah, but here come our other guests. All right, uh, we're ready to go. Here, uh, the house on our... I did it again. House on a Haunted Hill. We'll see how many more times I do that uh, throughout the uh, rest of today's spooky and scary podcast. As you can tell from that first clip, uh, one of the interesting things about this movie is it starts out with um, some scary sounds, scary music, uh, and, and scary effects, uh, and and actually, this movie was one of the sort of impetuses of uh, why we got, uh, as time has gone on, uh, just whole records and CDs of of music and sound effects for Halloween. That uh, that that initial effect of you know they would play that in a darkened movie theater get everybody spooked out and scared uh, and getting them in the right frame of mind to watch this movie and it was not done really that much until until this point in time let me give you some uh, background on this classic horror film and it is a classic it's a great movie if you've never seen it definitely watch this i i'd uh, you know this is a great movie to watch around this time of year around halloween and i think you'd you'd love it and enjoy it uh so it was uh, released in 1959, uh, released, it came out on February 17th, 1959, as a running time only of about 75 minutes, which it's not really that surprising. Or Back in, in, in the days, earlier days of movies, we didn't have a lot of movies that were these two, three, four-hour, you know, blockbuster-long movies. It just didn't happen. A movie of about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes was, was pretty common. It is this movie's directed by William Castle, produced by William Castle and Rob White, written by Rob White, 
Uh, and uh, let me get into now, I guess we can go through the cast. Obviously, it stars Vincent Price, who everybody knows is a horror film legend, uh, did a huge number of movies over the course of his career, uh, really some great stuff. Another one for the same studio here that he did not too long after this was called The Tingler, which is which is a very, very scary, cool movie. Uh, and this movie was done uh, for a fairly low budget, and, and that's, to me, one of the other things that I love about this movie is there's not a lot of money spent on it, but it still is a great little story. Uh, it, it's very moody, and it draws you in, and I think they do a great job with only a budget of about $200,000. Can you imagine? $200,000? That's, that's uh, the most TV shows of this day and age, uh, especially primetime like shows, are, are easily way, well above that per episode. So here they made a whole movie. It made about uh, roughly a million and a half, which doesn't sound like much, you know, at the box office when it was released. But you know, hey, it was a two hundred thousand dollar budget, so it made what is what is that like seven seven times seven and a half times its uh, its budget. So you know, these days that would be a considered a, a very big hit. You know, you have movies that are made sometimes for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Sorry, uh, it, and uh, it, it's you know they're. You know, I shouldn't say, what am I, I'm totally messed up right now. Sorry, I need some tea. <laughs> Let me get a little drink of tea. I was going to say, you have movies today that are made for, you know, $150, $200 million. And some of those don't even make it back. You know, they make $50, 100000000 million out of their $200 million. So this movie, you know, very big hit, really, and big success. So Vincent Price, he, uh, he is in this movie, he is uh, a millionaire named Frederick Lauren. And the premise of this movie, of course, is he's inviting uh, five people, people that he doesn't really know, uh, to the to a quote-unquote party for his wife, his fourth wife, Annabelle, played by Carol Omart. And it's in a uh, alleged ha- haunted house that he's kind of rented out for the evening. And the uh, the premise is that these people, if they stay in the house, if they stay in the house all night, the doors, they're going to be sealed in. The windows are all barred, and the doors will be locked, and he exits. Uh, so if they stay uh, in the house to the morning, they will each get $10,000 from him, which, if, you know, again, keep in mind this is a movie from, like, 1959, $10,000 to all of us. I mean, I'd stay in a house, you know, a supposed haunted house overnight for a $10,000 payoff even now, but, uh, you know, the money is is a little different. Well, to give you a perspective, they remade this movie, which is the remake is not very good, trust me. But uh, back in 1999, uh, and the they changed the amount that you would get. It was a very similar story, but you were going to get a million dollars if you stayed in the house all night. So that that's kind of how they upped the ante there for that. Uh, but uh, so uh, go through the rest of the cast. Uh, we have um, the people that are there that are invited, the five guests. There's a test pilot, Lance Schroeder. Lance uh, is played by Richard Long, who is well known uh, to people east of my generation and, and beyond, I think. Uh, he was the professor on, on a very uh, f- nice, fun show that used to be on called Nanny and the Professor. Richard Long, he was also on... Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, he was on a Western show. Gosh, it's bl- I'm blanking. Big Valley, I think, is what it was called. 
Uh, there's also a newspaper columnist, uh, a woman named Ruth Bridges, played by Julie Mitchum. Uh, we have a psychiatrist, Dr. David Trent, uh, played by Alan Marshall. And we have a young woman named Nora Manning, who is played by Carolyn Craig. And she does a lot of screaming in this in this <laughs> movie. So if you hear a few screams here in some of these clips, that it's most of the time it's her. A couple other, uh, I think... Uh, uh, that uh, Frederick Lauren, Vincent Price's wife, does some screaming too. Annabelle, she does some. And you also have there, in this group of people, a guy named, he has a weird name to me. His name is Watson Pritchard. And uh, Trek, uh, original Trek people will, uh, will know him. He is played by Elisha Cook. And he was, uh, he was the lawyer for Kirk. He was the actor who was the lawyer for Captain Kirk in the episode Court Martial from the original series if you know that uh if you know that episode well you'll know elijah cook and he did a lot of he was a character actor did a lot of tv and movies uh back in these days so uh and that's about all i need to say about the the running down the characters i guess to begin with uh there's some great music in this uh movie uh by a few different people richard kane richard loring and von dexter uh do some very atmospheric and 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 cool music but I think I want to play another trailer for you right now. Not a trailer, sorry, another clip. Uh, this is some of uh, Vincent Price, I think, is talking in this clip. And he's talking about the guests arriving. And they actually um, they thought it would be kind of fun. I think Vincent Price says something about his wife uh, saying it would be fun if uh, the guests arrive at this haunted house in these in funeral cars. They're in hearses, basically. Uh, so uh, they're they're all each of the guests are in their own hearse and they're arriving to this uh, very very large house this mansion basically that is supposedly haunted so listen to this clip only the ghosts in this house are glad we're here are we all strangers to each other don't you two know each other i'm afraid i don't even know your name i'm nora manning lance schroeder is frederick lauren a friend of yours I've heard of him, but I've never met him. I work for one of his companies, but I've never seen him. I've never met the man either. Just a phone call. Do you know him? No. Well, then you're the only one of us who does. I don't know him. All the details about running the house were done by mail. He's quite wealthy, isn't he? Millions. And uh, five wives, I believe. Four, I think, so far. A $50,000 party for only five people is a little steep, even for a millionaire. Well, if I were going to haunt anybody, this would certainly be the house I'd do it in. Who closed the door? This thing's made of solid steel. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. They uh, they all show up in these in these big uh, black hearses, and it's dark out. You don't really see uh, see things very well, but uh, but they're all showing up then, and it's um, it's pretty cool. All right, let me uh, give you a little bit of background too on the house itself. This uh, the house that they use for these exterior shots uh, is is a very um, old older classic home it was built in 1924 designed by actually Frank Lloyd Wright 
It's called the Ennis Brown House. It's in Los Angeles. It's actually registered as a historic place these days. And for the exterior shots, it's a really unusual-looking place to me. It looks more like a museum. It looks it looks to me like a big museum more than a house. It, it's very, very wide and, and has this sort of strange architecture and white uh, look to it. Um, oh, I should say, this movie is in black and white, uh, and there have been... Um, Lots of copies of it over the years. They lost the rights to it, uh, the studio did at some point in time, and it created a whole bunch of different versions and copies, especially back when VHS tapes and even some early DVDs. So even on Netflix, I noticed that the copy was not really that great. You can buy it on DVD. They've actually got a colorized version out there too, which I'd I'd still recommend to watch the black and white one. But I, I, I wish this would get remastered and put out in a. I didn't see that it that it has anywhere yet, but I'd love it to see them remaster it and clean it up and put it out on a on a Blu-ray because it's a, it's a great movie and it needs to be, you know, taken care of a little better and preserved. So uh, so yeah, the Ennis Brown House is where they uh, what they use for this movie. One of the things that I think is interesting uh, in watching this uh, is that uh, the movie and the scenes that you see in the movie, there, there, there's a, f- a fair amount of rooms that they show on the main floor upstairs and in the cellar, but you don't really, I don't think, get a feel that the that the house that they show on the outside matches the interior so well. For example, it's it's very laid out uh, like. Uh, like a very wide ranch style house. Like in other words, you'd, you'd be on any given, you know, on the floor, you know, it looks like, I guess it's probably got at least a couple of stories, but it's very wide. So you would think you'd have a lot much more wide interior. Uh, the cellar is huge. There's a, there's several scenes down in this cellar area, this wine cellar area, uh, but uh, that is huge. It's very tall, especially too. It's very deep. It seems uh, much deeper than any typical basement or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 very deep. So, but we'll talk more about the cellar here as we go through the clips. Um, what else did I want to say? Uh, yeah, I you know William Castle, the director, I you know got to know Vincent Price pretty well. Uh, this uh, you know they they met over coffee and you know that's where. Um, William Castle, who's the director, you know, wanted to get Vincent Price to do this movie. And, you know, he was like, Vincent Price had recently lost and been passed over for another film. So they got on pretty well, William Castle and Vincent Price. And actually, they decided, you know, they were going to do a couple of movies together. Like I mentioned earlier, The Tingler was one of them. So there was a good relationship there between uh, Vincent and the director, which is always good. I think that always makes for a good movie when that happens. Uh, what else? I think that's good. I think we can go on to another clip at this point. Uh, I've got about 10 to play for you, so we'll scatter them through here. Um, I think the next one I've got, yeah, I think the next one is when, um, this is when the, when Vincent Price first shows up and introduces himself to the, the guests that he has for the evening. And there's a back and forth a couple times in this movie where, is the party for, for you know, is Vincent Price, is it his idea? He says he's throwing the party for his wife. Uh, she's she's a very, um, let's just say that the, the husband and wife here, uh, Vincent Price and his, and his wife, or Frederick Lauren and his wife Annabelle, don't get on very well. It's his fourth wife. He's this millionaire, and it's, it's pretty obvious that their relationship is pretty messed up. 
Um, he even grabs her by the hair a couple of times and, 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 and they just, they just don't like each other. (laughs) And, you know, he's pretty aware that she probably only married him for the fact that he's a millionaire and rich. Uh, and, uh, so that that's, that's a kind of an important point of the story that the, that the people they're running, you know, having this party are, are not very friendly to each other. The other one of the weird things too about this is the the owner of the home, Vincent Price. It's a little weird because Vincent Price, you know, the millionaire who's having the party at this house, it's not really his house. He kind of rents it for this for this uh, party in the evening. Uh, he rents it from this owner, Watson Pritchard, who's this you know Elijah Cook plays him as this crazy guy who talks about how all these people had been killed in the house. And he's like, you know, telling Vincent Price, we shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, well, you know, maybe Vincent Price offered him and gave him a whole bunch of money to to rent out the house for the evening. But it, it, it sort of makes doesn't really make a lot of sense if this Watson Pritchard character really thinks the house is haunted and is scared to be there. You know, like if he believes in all this stuff about ghosts and supernatural, first off, I you know, maybe why did he rent the house to him? But then second, why do you, why are you going to be there at the same time? I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll rent my ha- the haunted house that I own to you for the night, but I'm not going to be there. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's weird to me a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's a movie and you just sort of have to take that to a point. So uh, let me play this next clip here with Vincent Price introducing himself to his guests. I'm your host, Frederick Lauren. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with a drink, shall we? Mr. Lauren, I advise you to call this party off now. The ghosts are already moving, and that's a bad sign. Let me apologize for my wife. She'll join us later. What do you have? Scotch and. Doctor? I'll have the same. Now, before the party begins, let's go over the details. The caretakers will leave at midnight, locking us in here until they come back in the morning. Once the door is locked, there's no way out. The windows have bars that a jail would be proud of, and the only door to the outside locks like a vault. There's no electricity, no phone, no one within miles, so no way to call for help. Like a coffin. So if any of you decide not to stay for the party, you must let me know before midnight. Of course, if you leave, I shan't be able to pay you anything. I'm interested in your reasons for this uh, party. Aside from the pleasant company. Ghosts, Doctor. I think everyone wonders what they would do if they saw a ghost. And now my wife has given us all the opportunity to find out. Hmm. Amusing. Ghosts, etc., being only creations of hysteria, your party should be a success. Well, Pritchard here promises us genuine ghosts. Seven now. Maybe more before morning. Yeah, so we we've, we learn a little bit about the different actors and characters, well, characters, I should say. Um, pretty quickly, Lance, um, who's a younger guy, uh, he sort of forms a relationship, a little bit of a, you know, a bond with Nora Manning, who is a younger woman. Uh, they're of the same age, and I think there's even a comment somewhere that um, did they come together or are they together, uh, but they're not. It's in one of the clips, I think, that I captured, but I'm not sure. 
and because Ruth Bridge is the newspaper columnist, she's an older woman. The psychiatrist is a little bit older too. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, Nora and Lance start to hang out a little bit together. Watson Pritchard is just this crazy, you know, house owner who's drinking a lot. And, uh, and then Vincent Price, who's just perfect here. Uh, always, always so great in these movies. You know, he did so many movies in the sixties of, of this type. And I think this is one of the best, uh, but, uh, just, just, uh, a, a great actor in this kind of stuff. And, I, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, that we don't have uh, that kind of a movie so much anymore. I played, I think, at the beginning of today's podcast, this movie Ouija, which actually I think looks pretty good. Uh, but uh, I, I've never been a huge fan of horror movies, of at least modern horror movies. I think they go too far. They're not as much uh, scare and suspense as they are just in-your-face blood and guts and gore. Uh Although I saw that movie Oculus with Karen Gillan uh, not too long back, uh, and uh, Katie Sackhoff is in it as well, which, you know, hey, I got to watch that kind of movie with Katie's in it. But uh, anyway, that movie was a good movie. It was, uh, the, you know, it was much more this style where there was a lot more suspense and buildup and intrigue and what was going on. Than, than just, you know, people like, uh, you know, getting their heads chopped off in weird ways and stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy uh, if I'm going to watch something kind of spooky and scary uh, and in a movie form. So um, where should we go now? I guess we can go to another clip. Uh, this one actually is just labeled, I think it's our uh, the Nora Manning character. I think she sees something, a ghost or something like that. There's a few times... This is the situation where, you know, in this movie especially, Nora, uh, she being this young woman, seems to see things that a lot of other people aren't in the room and see at the same time. So uh, there's a couple of scenes in this where, where she's just screaming, and I think this is one of them. So listen to this. Yeah, so that'll get you get your blood going right. Um, there's another part about this movie. I think we haven't gotten to it yet in the clips. I'm not sure if I have a clip for it, but uh, Vincent Price, uh, Frederick Lauren, the character, uh, his character, he he basically at one point gives everybody a, a, a 45 pistol and uh, and says, "Here, this is for protection." I'm like, "Well, yeah. people are kind of freaking out here, especially that Nora Manning character." Would you really want to hand her a gun? I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a little creepy and kooky, but uh, and the and the guns are all sitting in these little mini coffins on this table that would be, as he pulls them out and gives them to the people. So uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely a a goofy thing to do when you think about it. 
Um, next, I think uh, we've got a clip here. Oh, yeah, the, the relationship. Uh, Carol Omar, who plays uh, Annabelle, the wife of uh, Vincent Price's character, Frederick Lauren, uh, they're, they're a pretty weird relationship. Carol Omar was in a lot of uh, TV and movies back in that day, too. She has a very um, uh, classic kind of uh, Greta Garbo kind of look to her, I think. And uh, she's, uh, she's really good here. She's really good in this movie. And this next clip, I think, is her and, and Vincent, uh, her and her husband, Frederick Lauren, talking. And you'll quickly find out they don't really like each other very much. Laura Manning was almost killed by a falling chandelier. The pilot bashed his head in. Is he badly hurt? The Saturnine psychiatrist bandaged him up. Don't you want to go and console him, as you do most men in your fashion? You're so clever, Frederick. I lie awake nights wondering why I married you. It was rather a mistake. You didn't marry me, dear. I married you. Unpleasant, but no mistake. Well, hurry up. Frederick, for the last time, I'm not going to your party. And for the last time, it's not my party, but yours. And you are going. I am not. Are you ready, dear? No. Are you ready, dear? Yes. You adore me as much if I were cool. <laughs> no. All you want to be is a lovely widow. It's almost time to lock up the house. And then your party will really begin. I wonder how it'll end. Yeah, it's a good scene. Uh, you know, for during a good earlier part of this movie, uh, Annabelle, uh, the wife uh, does not want to come to the party. She keeps saying she doesn't want to come. And she's up in her room, in her bedroom, just kind of combing her hair. And she's not really dressed. She's in this robe and, and everything. So, and then um, Frederick Lauren, you know, he says, hey, I had this party, you know, for you, kind of. And you better get down here and, you know, join our guests. So they eventually work uh, work it out and she shows up in a few. But, uh, yeah, it's they just don't like each other so and you never really or maybe you do find out i'm trying to remember i think there was a, a comment that somebody makes about what happened to all of uh, frederick lauren's other wives uh the the one part about this movie i think is kind of funny too is when they go down to the to the wine cellar there is a uh, in the floor uh, frederick lauren points out that they have this uh and I don't remember what they what he, reasoning he says for it, but there's this, like, in the floor he lifts open this cover and there's this pit of acid, liquid acid. And, like, who has that? You know, why do you have a pit of acid in your in your cellar? <laughs> or if it was there was a reason for it, why haven't you gotten rid of it by now? Um, it's, it's just, again, one of those crazy things. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, down in the cellar here? Yeah, where we keep all the wine and, and everything. Yeah, we've got a we've got a trap door kind of thing, and we lift it open, and there's this huge pit of acid that we've got down here. Yeah, and doesn't everybody have that in their in their basement or their cellar? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's go to another clip. I think. Yeah, there's uh, this one's just called. I should have labeled these a little better yesterday, but this one's just called wife. So I, oh, I think this is when Annabelle does finally show up at the party and introduces herself to, to her guests. So uh, that, yeah, I think that's what this clip is about. So Annabelle shows up, 
she's all dressed up now, uh, and she finally comes down and, and joins the rest of them. Hello, my dear. This is my wife. These are our guests. Ruth Bridges, Dr. Trent, you know Watson Pritchard, of course, Nora Manning, and uh, this is Lance Schroeder. Get me out of here. Now, what about the 10,000? I don't care. He wants to kill me. Who wants to kill you? Mr. Lawrence. May I have your attention, please? I think you all remember the bargain we made about staying all night. $10,000 apiece. If any of you don't survive, $50,000 will be divided amongst the rest of you. If I should die, you will be paid by my estate. When the door is locked from the outside by the caretakers, we'll all be forced to stay in this house until morning. If any of you decide not to stay, you must leave with the caretakers now. You won't have a chance to change your minds later, because there'll be no way to get out. I don't want to stay. Wait. So now everyone's met, everybody's together, and they're they're all, you know, crazy things are happening, especially to poor Nora Manning, who is just this kind of lowly employee who works at one of Frederick Lawrence's companies who was invited. And he, uh, he, he makes a comment, you know, early in the movie that the, all the people that are at this party need the money. They're all kind of desperate and need money. doesn't really go into exactly why. They each come from different like kind of jobs and different areas of, of, you know, living. And so there, there no real background or detail gone. You know, they don't sit down and talk about their woes or why they need $10,000 all of a sudden. They all seem to have jobs. They're not out of jobs. They got a test pilot, a, a newspaper woman, a psychiatrist, uh, then and Nora who works at, at one of the companies. So, you know, and then you've got Watson Pritchard, who owns this huge haunted mansion. Although maybe he's kind of poor. Uh, maybe he needs the money, too. Uh, I guess that's maybe why he's there, now that I think about it. He can he can get the money, too. Not only does he get money from the guy for renting the uh, the house to him, but uh, he gets some money if he stays in the place and, and uh, is there the next morning. The next clip... Uh, oh, I, I think I wanted to mention here as well. This, this is a movie that really holds up well. I'm going to get into territory here pretty soon, though, that's going to kind of spoil it, and you're going to learn about some pretty big plot points. Uh, so, you know, if you want to not be spoiled, this is a good point to stop, probably. Uh, but this movie has uh, held up very well. It's still got, like, a huge, like, 95% rating on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, if you believe or go along with that. Critics like it. People like it. So it's, it's worth watching again. Um, so... There you go. You've been warned uh, for a movie that's, what are we at, uh, 60 years old or so? S maybe 55 years old? <laughs> um, next clip. Oh, there are there is some discussion during the movie about Watson Pritchard, I think, mentions a couple of people that were in the house and were killed, that they found their bodies, uh, most of their bodies, except for their heads, and at one point, Nora Manning, uh, the young woman who screams a lot and gets hysterical quite a bit, 
she finds one of the heads in her suitcase. <laughs> it's just like she opens up a suitcase and there's a head there. And she, of course she goes screaming out of the room. And then when she comes back and brings everybody in there, uh, the head is gone, of course, because she's the crazy person who keeps seeing things that we all know are actually there because the audience is seeing them with them with her. But of course, when she goes and runs and gets other people, they, they, things have been changed and are not there anymore. And I think this next clip is about Nora finding this head. But it was in there. A woman's head. Nora, I think you're a little upset. Would you care for a sedative? Get out! Get out, all of you! All of you, get out of here and leave me alone! Just get out of here! Just... You think it's all right to leave her by herself, Doctor? I wish she'd taken the sedative. Well, what do you suppose she thought she saw? They're closing in on her. Look, Doc, I think somebody ought to stay with her. There could be a million people around her. But if they wanted her, they'd get her. What if he's right? He's too dark to know what he's talking about. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, you hate to be the one that's the crazy one, that it, it keeps seeing things and isn't there. It, it, of course, it'll turn out here shortly that there's someone else doing this and, and, and kind of setting the stage for a lot of what's going on here in this... Uh, in this haunted house, uh, and Watson Pritchard keeps drinking, gets more drunk. The next clip, I think, is the doctor. I think he, he kind of talks at one point, summarizes what's been going on, and tells you, uh, you know, the, the... Oh, I should go back a step. The, the house was supposed to be locked up by these caretakers, these crazy-looking caretakers that they have. One of them is blind, actually. How, how, how much, how good, you know, nothing against people who have, you know, sight problems or are blind people, but how good of a housekeeper could you be if you were blind? Seems like a hard job. Seems like a very hard job for somebody who'd be blind, especially a big mansion like this. Uh, you know, how do you dust? I don't know. Maybe by touch? Uh, but, uh, but anyway, the housekeepers lock the house up early. Uh, Vincent Price's character, Frederick Lauren, he's he's describing, he's saying, okay, we, you know, we've got a few minutes left before midnight if anybody wants to go, and all of a sudden there's a, a clicking kind of noise, and they've all been locked in. And they've also got bars, you know, on all these windows that they can't break out that are set in concrete and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tricky. I, I it It's hard to sometimes believe, though, that you couldn't get out of a house if you really wanted to. I mean, I guess unless everything's cement and brick, but wood, like, a, you know, for example, my house where I live, uh, and, and it's not a good comparison, really, but, you know, maybe this house is different, but we have a lot of, like, vinyl siding and wood trim and stuff, and I could pretty much just take a hammer from an inside, most inside walls, and I could just bust through to the outside if I wanted to. Of course, this place being the way it is built in the movie, maybe that's not quite so possible. But you, you'd think you could find some area that you could get out if you really wanted to. But they don't really, it, it, I guess in, in this kind of a movie, in this day where they, you know, they made movies pretty short and tight uh, to have a scene. I don't know if in that, I think I've seen the 1999 version, but I don't know if there's a scene where they're actively like trying to bust something or break something to get out of the house. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's maybe something they could have done here, but uh, I guess it's not that important in the long run. All right, next up, uh, and, and truthfully, except for, well, there's a, 
you know, there's, I don't think I got it exactly a clip for it because it's hard to capture, but the, I guess I should just describe it. Yeah, Annabelle is found hung. She's like hanging from a rope over this staircase area and she's believed to be uh, dead. And that doesn't turn out to be true. Uh, Annabelle, basically, it turns out, and the next clip, I think, describes this. The, uh, the psychiatrist, Dr. David Trent, uh, and Annabelle are in love. And basically, they're trying to, uh, you know, scare the people at the party. And they have a plan to get her away from Frederick Lauren to kill him at this party. Or have, uh, have like, I think it's Nora they're really hoping will shoot him. And they think that they that he does get shot. Actually, he does in a way. So, uh, But he really isn't dead because there's something else going on. And he's kind of wise to what's going on with them. But let me play this next clip with, I think it's this is with David and Annabelle talking about their plan and how they're trying to put this situation together to make this Nora crazy enough. She's got a gun and she can shoot uh, her husband, uh, Annabelle's husband, and then she'll, be, she'll get all his money, and the, you know, David, the doctor, and her can be together forever and all that. What's happening? We've done it. A perfect crime. Beautiful. Has she killed him? Not yet, but she will. Get me out of this hanging harness. What's taking that girl so long? What time is it? At first, I couldn't get Nora to want to protect herself with a gun. But after you appeared at the window, everything began to work just as we had planned. You were wonderful. Just the touch that finally drove her into complete hysteria. It'll be worth all of our planning, darling. Where's Nora now? What's happening? On her way to the cellar. So scared she'll shoot the first thing that moves. And Frederick? On his way to the cellar, too. David, are you sure none of them will suspect us? Of what? An hysterical girl accidentally shoots somebody? Who would suspect that we planned it that way, that we drove her to it? What about my suicide? We're just a ghost party gag. We'll claim it was a dummy since I'm the only one who touched you. Yeah, so they, they've been in league together. They've been trying to scare... Um, scare Nora to shooting her husband and that doesn't end up working because Vincent Price is actually you know his character Frederick is wise and doesn't give a a real live loaded gun to to this crazy Nora the gun he gives her has blanks in it she thinks she's shot him he goes down the doctor goes down to the cellar where Vincent Price's character is shot the lights kind of go out and you hear this splash and it turns out that Vincent Price is able to push the doctor into the vat of acid. So he's killed him, killed his wife's lover. And, and then there, the, the end scene is this skeleton that sort of is rise, rises up uh, out of the vat of acid and scares Annabelle, who's down there looking for David, scares her enough that she falls back in the vat. And then the party kind of ends... Um, and things are explained. So this next clip, the last clip that I got for you on this movie, this great, uh, great movie, really, really fun, really spooky and scary stuff. Uh, but this next one is is three, maybe to three and a half minutes long. But it's kind of the end of the movie. You kind of learn what happened here. 
uh, Vincent Price and what happened, what, what you know, his character, what he's learned, and, and all this. So, and some of it's a little hard to, uh, you know, there's no words, but uh, it's it's this skeleton, I think, scene with um, with Vincent Price controlling it and scaring his wife in pushing her basically the, the skeleton scares her enough that she falls back in the vat of acid. Oh, I, I should mention that when this movie was uh, first released uh, out in theaters, they had this, uh, they used this little technique called, they called it a merjo, which is pretty, pretty funny to me. But uh, what they did was they would have a skeleton rise up when at the scene in the movie where it rises out of the vat of acid they would put a skeleton in the movie theater that would rise up near the screen, near the, the movie screen, and then it would um, it would come out of this black box and it would swoop over the heads of the audience, and then it would be pull, pulled back into the, the box for the next movie showing. Uh, but they actually stopped using that effect in movie theaters because what they were finding out back in that day, the little kids, boys especially, would bring slingshots you know kids back in that day you know everybody had a slingshot in your back pocket i never really did although i think we had we played around with one or two but at one time <clears throat> so uh what kids would do is they would go into the this movie they would pull out their slingshots and they would shoot things uh like stones and bbs and ball bearings whatever else they could put in their slingshots and shoot them at this skeleton in the movie theater which we, as you can imagine was pretty darn dangerous to have things like flying ball bearings across a movie theater. Those things had to go somewhere when they would, you know, hit people or whatever. Can you imagine? I was in a movie theater once years ago. I think it was when I saw the first Batman movie way back in the day with Michael Keaton. And it was a late, late showing of it. And somebody lit off a couple of firecrackers actually in the movie theater. And man, if you, you haven't heard how loud a firecracker can be until you hear it inside you know, here here a lighted firecracker go off inside a, a even a the, the size of a room of a movie theater. Man, it was loud, and it ends up kind of sounding like a gunshot. Uh, and it 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 really spooks some people out. And uh, actually, it, well, a couple of the guys I was there with, and this was I think that we lit off got lit off before the movie started. And it actually, he he left. You know, one of my one of my buddies left, and I I stuck it out. I was stupid. <laughs> But it settled down after that anyway. I think they got rid of the people who did it. So without any further ado, let's play the last scene clips, uh, last bit of this movie, uh, House on Haunted Hill, uh, to wrap up. uh, And then I'll come back and and wrap up the show completely. But uh, yeah, this is the last of the movie, and it's pretty cool. At last you've got it all. Everything I have. Even my life. But you are not going to live to enjoy it. Come with me, murderess. Come with me. Thank you. 
crime you two planned was indeed perfect. Only the victim is alive and the murderers are not. It's a pity you didn't know when you started your game of murder that I was playing too. There must be some way to get in here. Well, it's right along here, somewhat. Lance! I've shot Mr. Lauren. He's down in the wine cellar. Alive? I don't think so. It's him. He's alive. You didn't shoot anyone, my dear. I loaded your gun with blanks. I can tell you all now. Trent and my wife were planning to kill me. They failed. Trent tried to throw me in the vat. My wife stumbled and fell. I'm ready for justice to decide if I'm innocent or guilty. So there you have House on Haunted Hill starring Vincent Price. It's a great movie. You really should check it out. Uh, again, you can watch it over easily on Netflix, uh, Amazon. Uh, the It's it's a story that was loosely loosely, bleh, loosely based on an Agatha Christie novel called And Then There Were None, uh, also um, known as uh, Ten Little Indians. And there was a novel called The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, so, and it was filmed in, in September 58. Uh, so it's, um, it's officially, I guess, I, I think it's still a 59 movie, though. Yeah, it's still a 59 movie. So. And uh, like I have said a couple of times, there is a, a, a more updated modern version, if you can call it. Not nearly as good. Uh, that came out in 1999. Uh, and, you know, check it out. But I think it's a great one to watch at this time of year. It also was an influence. Um, some of the things that you see here was an influence on uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock also did some fairly low-budget horror films. Believe it or not, Psycho, uh, you know, his classic, you know, horror film was it was not very uh, high-budget. Alfred Hitchcock, and and this movie was a direct influence on Hitchcock doing Psycho and a couple of other ones. Um, so it's uh, you know, without this, you know, some of the other things and some of the the things that you see in the way they do things in this movie were influences felt, uh, you know, for years to come, even to this day, the spooky sound effects at the beginning and, and things. So 
great movie, a lot of fun, and uh, fun to cover it for all of you. I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back, and we'll wrap up the show. Hey, this is Larry Nimichek, the uh, <laughs> the mayor of Trekland, and you're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed the spooky look at House on Haunted Hill and this special Halloween edition. I hope you guys all have a great Halloween. Uh, the podcast will go out um, this week, just you know, prior a little prior to Halloween on Friday. Hope you guys have all kinds of fun for the holiday and enjoy, you know, dressing up. Dress up, you know, even if you're just giving out candy, throw on a costume, have some fun with it. Uh, all right. Coming up on the podcast next week, as I mentioned, uh, I need a guest host. Hey, anyone want to do a show real quick? <laughs> need a guest host next weekend or there'll be no show. Uh, in two weeks, it'll be me back uh, looking at the TNG episode. This will be on the 9th of November, uh, looking at the TNG episode True Q, which I really thought I had covered already, but I guess I haven't from my searches and looking through the old podcast. Uh, the week after that, the 16th of November, I will need, uh, or sorry, um, yeah, I will need another guest host then. Sorry, that's what I was going to say. And on the 23rd, we're going to do a Skype chat sometime probably early that weekend, maybe Saturday of that weekend, maybe the 22nd. Uh, I wanted to get together with people who uh, have some cool and fun convention stories. You know, I've been to, uh, you know, sci-fi fantasy conventions Chris and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, you know what your, you know, what's happened when you went to a convention? Any kind of celebrity meetups that you did? You know, if you met any celebrities, how that went? I've got, I've got quite a few myself. Some that I've shared on the podcast, uh, some that I haven't. Uh, so uh, just talk about conventions. I'm really trying to get people. It, it's still amazing to me how many of you guys have not even been to a convention ever. Uh, they're everywhere, and you should go because they're a lot of fun. And this is, you know, one way to kind of share some of that uh, with people. Talk a little bit about maybe a little bit about costuming and 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 so forth. Things to do when you go to a con. I did a recent show with the Anomaly uh, ladies with Jen and Angela, although I don't think they've put it up yet on their feed. We did it actually. We recorded it just a little before Austin Comic Con. Just talking about the convention, going, you know, suggestions, costume stuff, and things. So we'll get into a little bit of that, but it's mostly about uh, experiences from conventions and what what uh, what kind of experiences you've had, good and bad, and so forth. Uh, that's it, folks. Have a great Halloween, everybody. Enjoy, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. <laughs> that sounded more like kind of. Uh, it didn't really sound scary, did it? So well, let's play something scary for you then instead.
This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.